Welcome to Cruise with the Lose, a fun and informational podcast that answers your timely questions about cruise planning and your vacation on board ship. Let's get started with this week's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Cruise with the Lose. We are in season two. That's right. We had so much fun recording a season one for you all that we decided to come back for a absolutely exceptionally phenomenal season two of Cruise with the Lose. Just to give you a little bit of a heads up of what's to come in this exciting season, we are going to be talking about everything from favorite ports of call this week to cruising on a budget, some packing tips and tricks maximizing your stateroom, your luggage, and then also giving a very special preview sneak peek of a cruise with the lose, cruise that we have coming up. That's right. We have some of our family members going on an exceptionally exciting cruise this coming season into next season. So stay tuned for that. But today we have the whole family joining us. This is a special treat for sure. We have been here, there, and everywhere all summer long. And we're all here. We are all ready to talk about all things NASA. Hi, family. Welcome back to season two. Hello. Amazing. We are here and we are excited. So we're going to dive right in. We really wanted to kind of do a deep dive into a port of call that if you are sailing the Caribbean or Bahamas cruise, especially out of any of the Florida ports or even probably a Texas or Louisiana port, you are very likely going to be stopping at this port of call. And that is Nassau. Now, I believe that all of us many a time have stopped at Nassau for on our cruises before. So let's just open this question generally out to the family. Do you think Nassau is worth getting off the boat for? Ooh, hot takes. Are we ready? Let's go. Family, what do we think? Okay, so one of the thoughts that came to mind was if you are new to cruising and you're testing cruising and you're on the three-night cruise and doesn't give you much time to be on your um, cruise ship, um, to get off for a day at Nassau, you lose a little bit of that exploring on your ship time. So a short cruise, sometimes it's not really worth getting off for because you want to experience your ship to the most that you can. Um, if you're experienced to cruising, the Newport and new things there, and I won't say much about that. They'll talk, we'll talk about that later. Um, you know, it's fun to get off for a couple hours and go look at what's new in Nassau and get back on kind of thing. So okay. that's the short cruise. Sure. Thoughts. So if you stop there at the beginning, which is probably going to be the beginning of your cruise that you're generally going to be stopping at Nassau. If you have a short cruise, uh, maybe you don't want to book an excursion for that day and you want to not be away from the boat for eight hours. Maybe you just want to pop on and pop off. Ian and Sam, any Nassau thoughts? Is it worth getting off the boat for? Well, I feel like this is very polarizing because you'll probably get a whole slew of opinions and answers um, from every single person that you would pose this question to. We've been to Nassau probably, I don't know, six to eight times. And like you said, pretty much every cruise that we've been on has stopped at some point uh, at Nassau, and we have always gotten on and off the ship. 
Um, we've popped off uh, for an hour or two. I think we actually, uh, one of the times, tried to see how quickly we could get off, walk the main drag, pop into a couple stores, uh, grab some internet at the Starbucks, and then pop back onto the ship. And I think we made it in like 45 minutes one time. Um, I think that it's worth getting off of the ship for, even if you were on a shorter cruise or an exploratory, uh, testing the waters, uh, no pun intended, cruise to see if you um, like cruising or not, because you get a taste of the uh, of the island life, of the different country life, with all of the uh, brightly colored buildings and things of that nature. So it's just kind of fun. It makes you feel like you've gone to a different country uh, without really going through all of the work of. Um, going to a different country. So we generally get off the ship. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the favorite port or even the top five that we've ever stopped at, but generally, you know, it's fun. It's worth an hour or two of your time. Okay, very awesome. You know, even some people, well, some people like us, uh, have gotten off just to um, walk around on dry land because uh, for, oh, a, yes, we have. for a, little, a little longer cruise. Or you just take a selfie with the with the uh, stern of the ship uh for a disney cruise anyway there's always characters on on uh, the rear of the of the ship so that's always a fun fun photo to take okay i love it nassau what are some highlights personally i know there's a lot to do on nassau we'll talk about one of the biggest attractions a little bit later in this podcast but what are some of the things that you all love to do or have really enjoyed doing or would potentially be like, hey, this is a really fun thing to do if you do get off the boat and you're not booking a full day or half day excursion? Well, for me, one of my favorite things is visiting a destination called the Queen's Staircase, which is these set of 66 limestone steps that were built as a secret passage out of the back of the colonial fort there. They're about 200 years old and having visited there, it's probably one of the most Pirates of the Caribbean destinations that you can go to. And another great thing about it is it's only about a 10 to 15 minute walk. It's three quarters of a mile from the port on main roads and being a big tourist destination. There's always going to be someone who can point you in the right direction. Yeah, we actually, we did a little excursion, solo excursion <laughs> as, as kids, a, a cruise a while ago, and I dragged my brothers and Samantha to this queen staircase to just do some photos because I had read about it online, and beyond that, there was really no, not a lot of information, and they were skeptical, to say the least, as we were walking through some of these um, back streets of Nassau, but it ended up being definitely worth the trip, the little walk to get there, see a very cool historical significant destination, and then be back to the boat within 45 minutes if you want to be. I think, Emily, I still have bunions from that little walk. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> to be fair, to be honest, there has got to be a more direct way, like Ben mentioned, if we had stopped and asked somebody, yep. hey, what's yep. the best route to get there? They would have happily said, look, there's a beautifully smooth paved sidewalk. Take two lefts and a right up a nice, easy street uh, to walk and get there. But Emily, in her adventuresome spirit, 
decided, you know what, we're just going to go it alone. And I think it looks like it's probably that way. So let's weave our way through, again, all of these side alleys and back streets. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure we trespassed over a fence in someone's backyard uh, to get up to the Queen's Staircase. But once we were there, it was a destination worth um, all of the effort. In, in my defense, though, I'm pretty sure the only way that I could get directions to get there was printing off MapQuest directions. <laughs> was that was how long it was ago? <laughs> yeah, this was back when there were no iPhones and I didn't have cell service and there was no Google Maps. So there is I absolutely will... no hard feelings with this topic whatsoever. <laughs> None whatsoever. Let me just also say that we have not been back there since... <laughs> into that cruise and we've been back to nassau many a time so take we'd love to try that again who knows to, yeah. to be fair right now it is clearly marked on all of your favorite uh map devices whether that's apple maps or google maps that or map it's, it's pretty much uh, uh two lefts and a right okay, okay. then next okay. time you're the tour guide not emily voting hey. done hey. <laughs> so just as a uh, a hint or a tip um, if you have uh, I'm an iPhone user if you have an iPhone before if you're not going to have service there which you won't unless you pay for a you know international data plan you can download a snapshot of Apple Maps for a specific location anywhere you want to as far as I know while you do have internet connectivity to then use offline it's called Apple Maps offline um, download or something like that. So then while you're there, you have a map on your phone without being connected to, to internet to be able to follow streets and street names to get where you want to go. So a little bit of planning ahead of time and you don't even have to deal with a map or a travel brochure or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. So you men mentioned uh, initially about uh, walking tours and our favorite places to go. So the Queen's Staircase, a great photo spot if you're going to do senior pictures uh, and things like that, uh, great. Uh, there are a lot of colorful buildings that make great backdrops um, nearby. There's uh, also a pirate museum that fits in with the, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Queen's Staircase theme. Uh, there's a Fort Charlotte nearby, uh, Colonial Times uh, from that. Uh, there's Junkaroo Beach, which is nearby. You can walk in. And then there's other other places that are Right within the port area, uh, Greycliff Chocolate Company uh, used to be a mansion, now uh, private chocolatiers. Uh, so they have uh, both, you can just go in and purchase chocolate there, or you can uh, take an excursion and actually help make some chocolate there and have tastings. I know that's a favorite of in our family for chocolate. Uh, so there are many other things to do, and I'll let it, give it back to Emily, because I know we'll talk about the new port. Yeah, we will. That's the next question. First, I, d I did want to do just like a kind of general overview. I feel like we've touched on it just through this question, but NASA, I would say there are, it's, it's really cool because there are economical ways to basically create your own excursion on the island. I think we're all familiar with, and a lot of people just have talked about it in the past of excursions, booking, whether it's through your own cruise or on the island itself, excursions, whether they be half day, full day, while they might be very unique and very interesting and very cultural to do, they are really expensive. There are a lot of excursions that just can 
add hundreds of dollars, no matter the size of your party, to your vacation. So if you're not interested in paying for extra things or doing things that are very expensive and you're looking for economical ways to still experience the culture, I think we would all be in agreement that Nassau and other islands in the Caribbean, you can get off, you can still experience that culture, whether it's shopping in a straw market or like dad was just mentioning, going and getting some really cool family photos done with brightly colorful Bahamian buildings and things like that. There are a lot of really cool low cost ways to explore the island. And I, I think everyone would probably echo the fact that when you stay in those tourist areas and the historical areas and things like that, the island is both very walkable and it's also relatively safe. You're not typically gonna be there overnight or anything like that, just docking at the cruise port. So I wouldn't say that as long as you kind of stay to your like main areas, if anyone's concerned about, oh, I'm on my own, is it safe? Is it easy to get around? Family, chime in thoughts just about generally, have you ever felt unsafe in any areas or have you found it to be fairly walkable as well? Well, I would say that you could probably find a full day's worth of things to do on your own within a 20 minute walk of the port. And anything that you reach in that space of time and that distance is going to be touristy and um, I would say probably pretty safe, even if you are by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, never, you're never going to be the only one doing whatever destination or excursion you want to do. Yeah, some people might be taken aback a little bit by the aggressiveness of um, some of the locals uh, wanting to braid your hair or oh, offer yeah. you some other services. Uh, but you just have to understand that, you know, that's <laughs> in a lot of ways, that's their job. I, I was kind of uh, uh, freaked out, if you will, the first time we went into the straw market and was not used to something about bartering where mom uh, grew up in a in an area uh, when she was much younger. So she was used to it. She got a kick out of it. I wanted to run out of it. <laughs> yeah, I love doing that. Yeah. But definitely just one of those things where there are there are ways to create your own excursion if you do want to be off the boat. And in some ways, it also gives you more flexibility because then you can be on the island for as long as you want and then hop back onto the boat to then explore and enjoy what your specific boat ship has to offer, such as lunch and or dinner before you set sail into the sunset. So, you're about to go on a cruise, but not sure if you have all the essentials? Well, you're in luck. Our Amazon shop has all of our tried and true cruise essentials to shop in one easy spot. Visit the Amazon link in the description of this podcast to shop everything you'll need for your next cruise adventure. So we're going to switch gears just a little bit and talk about the port area. So this has been a topic of conversation for the last, oh, I don't know, two, three years, something like that. We have all been to Nassau when there was still just a a fairly run-of-the-mill kind of cruise docking terminal port area. Now there has been some phenomenal advancements. And little tip, if you want to kind of get a lay of the land around the cruise port without actually going there, you can get on a webcam and you can just Google in like Nassau port webcam and it'll pull it up and you can kind of like see like a live view of even like what ships are in and like what's kind of going on. So that's pretty fun. But what are some of the differences for cruisers now that this port is almost complete? 
so they have uh, done a wonderful job. Uh, I've been following the construction, both uh, when we've cruised into the port and on the NASA webcam. So right when you get off, they have a, an entirely new area that a museum, if you will, of, uh, of the Bahamas. And uh, it leads into uh, shopping, uh, small kiosks. Uh, there is a transportation kiosk there where you can uh, get an Uber, pedal bike, uh, taxis to anywhere you want to go on the island. And just further down, there's a, a lovely park to walk around. And that's where most of the uh, boat excursions now bark and disembark. And then at the end, uh, they have an amphitheater for concerts that they uh, pr uh, will produce uh, in the near future. And at the end, a two-story uh, glass-enclosed building that will eventually become a restaurant. Oh, wow. Uh, so very, they've done a, just a fabulous job. And hopefully, that'll continue to grow with the local entrepreneurs coming in. And they offer a variety of the typical goods there uh, and even some of the sundries that you may have forgotten if this is your first port of call. Yeah, so Sam and I actually had the um, privilege this past uh, July to um, stop in Nassau and the port was 95% or better complete. Um, like his dad said, we've been kind of following along as we've stopped here a few times as the progress was happening, you know, walking through a construction zone and everything. And one of the things that stuck out to us is the old straw market. And dad, you'll be happy to know this, that you had to again walk through and people like literally grabbing you and trying to put bracelets on your wrists and you offer to braid your hair and all of these things uh, is much more tame now. And they have all these individual little, very brightly colored thatched roof huts with a garage door. It's about the size of a single car garage um, that, that roll up on the front of them. And they have them all neatly lined up inside a fenced area that's part of the port. Um, and everyone, you know, stands out in front of them, but all of the people there were very tame. There was no, you know, running after you, chasing you down, things of that nature. I'm sure the bartering is still an option, but, um, there was no, no chaos or craziness going on. It looked like everyone that was there had to have a business license and all of these things. So it was a lot uh, more quiet than would be normal, kind of just like a walk through a farmer's market at a park here in the States or something of that nature. So it was um, it was a big shock. It was a big difference from the way that it usually is. And then something else I noticed was the ease of getting in and out um, with, with the customs there. Um, all you had to do was just very quickly, um, you know, flip open your passport, the guard at the gate to get back into the cruise area, glanced at it, looked at you, waved you on through because of probably because they assume that you are, you know, part of the cruise ship and there's, you know, tens of thousands at a time of people that are there. These modern day cruise ships carry, you know, four to 6,000 people at a time. And there's usually three or four ships docked in Nassau at a time. So you are definitely not alone uh, while you're there. So that was very quickly, very quick, very easy uh, to, to, to navigate. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah. And and I guess just another, Ian, you brought up a great point of um, obviously you need your passport or your passport card or your birth certificate with you because it is another yes. country. You mm -hmm. do need that to get on and off your ship in addition to your basically ship 
key or credentials to make sure that right. we obviously know that you're going on and off the ship and things like that. So just a note, if you're unfamiliar or have never been to NASA or any other of the other non-private islands associated with your cruise line, you will need that extra form of identification carried with you at all times when you're getting on and off the ship. Yes, yes. We were actually behind someone one time who did not have their passport with them uh, and uh, got stopped and pulled to the side. And I'm not yeah. sure what happened. I'm sure eventually they let her through after a little bit of questioning. But uh, that's just unnecessary stress in your life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. make sure you have your passport with you. It, it is another country at the end of the day that you are visiting, which is amazing. Exactly. So let's kind of talk about Atlantis. Atlantis is one of those places, it is kind of the premier destination on NASA. If you even are not familiar with cruising, you might have just gone to Atlantis for a vacation because it is a city unto itself. I don't know if any of us have actually ever visited Atlantis when we've been on NASA, but from your point of view, from your kind of experience of being on NASA multiple times, do you think Atlantis itself is actually worth visiting and then also what are some of the options for visiting Atlantis because obviously you're not staying there overnight you're a day guest is that an option what do you do at Atlantis and just to be clear this is a, a very large resort not a uh, hidden underwater city that, ah, yeah. yes. Good clarification. <laughs> well, we have yes because that's exactly what we were thinking yes bring your scuba <laughs> gear you might need it to visit some other <laughs> yes no um, yeah. I would say for us it has been on our bucket list just the last couple of times um cruising it just hasn't been um we haven't been able to do it. Um, I know my family personally has been to Atlantis and they speak very highly of it. Every time we go, they always tell us, you need to go to Atlantis, you need to go. They have offered multiple times to send us to Atlantis and just for one reason or another, we just haven't done it. Um, so I do know that they've done like the day pass, they've done uh, where they could do the aquarium, they have the water parks and the slides, but just double checking what those um packages include as far as like is it all you can eat or how how all that works would be definite something i would want to check into and there is a couple different ways that you can get there you can take a water taxi that's a little easier because you just hop off your ship walk down the pier uh, to where they bring in all of the excursions and hop on that one takes you over to Paradise Island where Atlantis is located, you know, 10, 15 minute ride. Or you can walk up the pier through customs all around, hop in a taxi, and then it has to take you through the city streets across a bridge and over. And, you know, that just takes a little bit more time, but is less expensive. Um, however, either of those options are something that you can book ahead of time with your cruise uh, company, you know, whoever you're cruising with. So I wouldn't uh, wait until the day of, especially if you're going to, you want to do a water taxi and just hope that you can hop on board. Uh, make sure you do that ahead of time. Oh, so that's good to know. So Atlantis um, is considered an excursion that you can book. Yes, that's correct. Yes. A lot of cruise companies, I would assume. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you can arrange all of that through them. And okay. there is, as far as I've ever seen, there is no discounts to arranging the actual Atlantis piece of the excursion. 
um, like buying the passes and tickets and stuff, uh, of trying to do it yourself. The price is what the price is, whether you do it through the cruise company or whether you roll up to the gate and say, hey, let me buy a day pass and let me in. Interesting. Yeah, like a, a few other excursions on uh, uh, the Blue Lagoon Beach, which is on the other side of the island. Atlantis offers um, swimming with the dolphins or uh, stingray encounters, uh, pet and nurse shark, uh, things like that that are all part of their um, marine habitat, like Sam was mentioning. Uh, so they, they offer the water park, 14 pools, they have beaches, a marina, water sports things that you can rent, uh, a golf course, restaurants, a spa, and a casino. So it is a fairly inclusive place, and it's just not one building. It's it's uh, a whole series. Um, you can look at online at uh, atlantisbahamas.com and, uh, and see what all the different accommodations are if you're going there uh, when you're not on a cruise even. Uh, but for a day pass, as you all mentioned before, look ahead of time for what your cruise line is offering, or you can also go to the, that website uh, on your own. So a day pass, as a cruise passenger, you're considered a day guest. Uh, it allows you to access to all the areas that I just mentioned but it has to be purchased in advance. It's presently in 2023, it's $190 per person or $95 per child for ages four to 12. Three and under are free, lunch is not included, So, but they have multiple restaurants. So I'll, I'll go on, I'll tell you one little one little hack you may Ooh. want to look into. We love, it. we love hacks. We love, a, hack. we love a hack. So next door, within walking distance of Atlantis, uh, is an affiliated uh, hotel called uh, Comfort Suites Paradise Island. So it's in walking distance of the main property. And as a guest of this hotel, you have all the privileges of Atlantis. You get a wristband. So you get off your cruise ship, uh, say you're cleared at 8.30, you arrange for either a water taxi, as Ben mentioned, or other land transportation. It's not that far away. It's a 10-minute drive over a bridge, and you, you'll get there. Um, so anyway, you book this hotel for the day, but you don't necessarily have to use the room. And so the I just looked up uh, mid-February 24 on a, on a weekday. The price uh, for the hotel room is $250 dollars a night, which is obviously is less than the 190 per person. If you have, you know, a family of four uh -huh. uh, going, you can you can book that. They'll give you a wristband and you can just go over to NASA. If you want to use the room, you just come back, shower, whatever you want to do. And so that's one little thing to look into if you wow. want to try something like that. Interesting. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I feel like what that might tip. be. Or you can go to Atlantis and book a hotel room. It's just the lowest price room there is $325 a night. So it's $70 more. Interesting. But still, right. at the end of the day, cheaper than just buying a full-on wristband day pass right. to all of the amenities that Atlanta ha Atlantis has to offer. Yeah, I would, again, check with the, the Comfort Suites Paradise Island is the name of it. Uh, and see like how many passes to a room you're allowed. I would assume just like a regular hotel room would be four. Right. Right. I would imagine so. Mm -hmm. Depending on oh. how many adults you or people you register that's staying in the room, you get that many wristbands. You'd also with that have to check what time 
check-in starts and all of that stuff. If you want to get there and get there for an entire day, you know, you might be limited on the number of hours you can actually enjoy in NASA before you have to get back and get on your ship again. And that, that follows really with any any excursion you book, whether it be in NASA or otherwise, you have to really consider your excursion from the time you disembark to the time you need to be back on your ship. What's important to you? Do you want to spend eight hours? And is it worth it? Uh, time in Atlantis, travel time there and back might leave you five to six hours to enjoy everything. So um, me being economical in my thoughts, I, I don't know if I'd I don't know. It, it's yeah. and some of the things are additional. Also, uh, the any of the dolphin encounters or scuba diving things like that that you have to rent the the paraphernalia to participate or an additional fee. So uh, that's on top of the day pass also. So it basically just comes down to what you want to do and how you kind of want to arrange your own vacation. Remember, a cruise is a vacation. That's an all-inclusive vacation that you can add add-ons to. So if you are feeling really adventurous and you have a bunch of uh, maybe cranky small children with your party that just need to get off the boat for a little while, you might want to do something like that and just kind of find your way around what you want to make your own vacation be. So wrapping it all up, some amazing, incredible information here. I wanted to do rapid fire, introduce a new little segment to the podcast called the Lou's Top Two. So this is going to be everybody name off, sound off your favorite two ports of call. Now, if we want to do it so that Nassau is one, because we've just talked about Nassau here, we can just say, okay, Nassau is everyone's favorite port of call. Where else have you gone that you absolutely love? Ian and Samantha. Dominican. So you're saying Dominican Republic, Sam? Yeah. So I would say I would say the um, MSC's uh, Marine Preserve or Reserve uh, Island in the Bahamas was a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Love it. Ben, what about you? Oh, I got to go Castaway Key, Disney's private island. I'm with Ben, Castaway Key. I'll go with NASA, just, oh, just to be different. Just to be different. That is absolutely excellent. I would probably say, well, the only two places I've stopped is NASA and Castaway Key. So <laughs> that's my top two. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this second season, episode one of the podcast. I hope that it was informative for you all as we did this deep dive into Nassau. Just a reminder, these podcasts are going to be every other week new for you all as we go into this season two. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Cruise with the Loos. We'll be back in two weeks with more informational and inspirational cruising content. Until then, happy sailing.